0: Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's ready for 2021. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman.
1: Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who has no one to kiss this New Year's Eve. Oh, wow. That's me, Ryan Newman. Wow. (laughs) And by the other brother who can kiss my ass. <laughs> wow. That would be me, Trey Newman. All right. Well, in this episode, we are going to discuss disgust. I guess mm, well, Trey, Trey's disgusted right now. I am. Exactly. Uh, we're going to discuss the latest news in college football, including two new head coaching hires and a key ACC quarterback who announced his decision to come back next year. But let's start with the Heisman Trophy. The finalists have been announced. Uh, Trey's wearing a Heisman T-shirt if you're oh, wow. on YouTube. Yes. And uh, yeah, so the finalists are Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, and Kyle Trask. So my first question is uh, not who you think will win, but who you think should win.
2: I'd have to go Devontae Smith. Uh, the main reason is for me is because when Jalen Waddell went out earlier in the year, Devontae was the clear top target and defenses still couldn't slow him down at, at all. Uh, he had 12 more receptions and over 300 more receiving yards than the second best guy in the country, Elijah Moore. He caught 17 touchdowns, over 15 yards per reception. I mean, he can go on and on. He also, he started returning punts. He averaged 25 yards per return. Uh, he housed one of those. He's He's just so electric. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, uh, a hard, a hard
0: choice this year. I feel like, uh, it's, it really could be any, uh, few of these guys and I I would not have a problem with it. Um, been going back and forth even on my own about who I would particularly pick. So it tells you how close it is. Um, but at this point, I'm going with Trask. Um, I think just when you look at the stats, um, the comparison between him and Mac Jones, I mean, it isn't all that much. Trask is even has more, you know, more yards and he has more touchdowns. Um, so, but, but very similar. Um, but I just feel like that he's kind of carried that Florida team, uh, more than maybe Jones has carried Bama. I feel like, uh, Jones obviously has a lot of support around him where if you put, you know, X quarterback into that system, that X quarterback is still going to have remarkably good stats. Whereas, but ex-quarterback in Florida, I just don't feel he would have the level of success that a Bama QB have. So, you know, I, I have no problem with with, with Mac Jones winning and or, or Smith. They're all deserving. It's splitting hairs, but
1: I'm going to give it to Trask. Yeah, I echo your thoughts about this being very close, very tough. Um, I also would vote for for Kyle Trask. When, when you look at his numbers per game compared to Joe Burrow at the time of the, the Heisman ceremony last year, it's actually like. Pretty dang close. There are yeah. some things that that favor Trask and and some that that favor Burrow, which is pretty crazy to say. Um, and when you throw Mac Jones in there, he was a little bit more efficient than uh, than Trask. Yeah. But when you adjust for the fact, like you said, that he's got an insane offensive line in front of him, one of the best running games in the country. Those are those are things that, yeah, that the, he didn't have no no
0: Florida running back. I think he went over 100 yards this year uh, in a game. So, yeah, just... he,
2: if there, if this was, if this was only a MVP, he would clearly be the winner. And, but I mean, he, he threw like what, 10 more touchdowns than the second play? Like he, he had insane stats this year.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Devontae Smith, it was close. I can totally see voting for him. One small reason I, I hear you about the reason with, with Jalen Waddle going out that just, that helps his case because, yeah, he was, he was the total focus. But in some ways, for me, like, I also looked at those first four games where when both of them were healthy and Waddle actually had more yards, same amount of touchdowns. So, you know, four games into the season, I was thinking Waddle's even better than, than Smith. So, yeah. 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 If I'm splitting hairs, that's, I guess why I, I didn't have him first, but um, okay. So those, those would be our votes. Uh, who do you think ultimately wins? Try I'm, I'm saying Devante and I'm, strictly basically saying this just because the odds right
2: now where he's he's the the slight favorite you know if i I tried to think if I didn't know the odds I would guess I'd think in terms of the media and their mind I would say they would probably pick a quarterback and take Mac Jones since he just beat Florida which to me I think is unfair like I personally along with you guys I would put Trask ahead of Jones if I had to like kind of rank them um, but you just kind of get the sense that you know, the media isn't necessarily ooing and awing over Jones. And I think he's just a product of the system fair or unfair. So I think that's why they might give the edge now to Devante.
0: Yeah. I think Devante also wins. I mean, the betting websites usually have a good idea of what's going on here, but um, I also just think that he's kind of gotten a lot of the headlines for that offense um, uh, just because of the big plays that he makes. You know, I mean, you see Najee Harris uh, dominating also, but I mean, Devonta Smith, just I mean, he'll have those long bombs and he's wide open. He's getting 70-yard touchdowns and it's just big splash plays that sticks in your head. And, you know, obviously with Waddle out and now he's the clear, clear receiver to go to guy. It's not a balance of power like it was last year where they had – were practically first round wide receivers. So he is the main dude on that team. Um, and it really just sticks out more. So I think that's, you know, even though his st- he had amazing stats last year um, and he wasn't yeah. sniffing it, but um, yeah. So I, I think he just gets a little bit more of the publicity for the, for the offense, even though man, Najee Harris might be the best player on that offense. You know, it's just,
1: uh, yeah, you could split in hairs, I guess again, but I mean, Najee has been incredible. So, and Mac Jones, like I know we've, I know that's not what you were saying, Trey, that he's a product of the system, but just want to like reiterate how, you know, there's been a lot of players who have really good talent around them. Not a lot have done what Mac Jones just did this year. Like his numbers are amazing. I know pro football focus has him as their highest graded passer that they've they've ever had since they've been covering college football. So it's insane what he's done, too. But, yeah, I would also predict uh, Devonte Smith. He's he's the yeah. favorite. But this is the first time in what feels like a long time. Um, most years it's, there's, you know, who's going to win it. Like the, there's no drama yeah. on the, the night of the Heisman ceremony, but this year there is like it, it could yeah. be, it could be, it, um, obviously, um, Devonta Smith's the favorite. Then you've got Mac Jones behind him and Trevor Lawrence isn't too far behind either. If, if those two Bama guys split votes, so Kyle drafts exactly. would shock me, but the other three guys wouldn't. And it'd be interesting, obviously, you're to have
0: finally a, a non QB running back. You know, when, yeah, uh, I mean, it's what happened like th- four times, like in the history, like it just never happens. And the last time was what, uh, Woodson back in 97. So, I mean, it's just been forever. And then I think 91, maybe when you go to the, uh, Desmond. Yeah. Desmond was the last receiver, I think. I, I can't, he, I'm pretty sure back in 91. I, because I, I would, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 So
0: I mean, Woodson played
2: not, a little both ways, but yeah, he predominantly right, D back, predominantly right, so. D, yeah. yeah.
1: Alrighty. Well, there you have it. That's our Heisman discussion. Let's get to the coaching carousel. Uh, Arizona, the Wildcats have hired Patriots quarterbacks coach Jed Fish as their new head coach to replace Kevin Sumlin. Uh, what do you think about this, Ryan? Uh,
0: well, um, eh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's bounced around a lot. He's just never been in one place for more than like two years. So It's uh, insane how much I he's know. bounced around. He's I mean, been he's, coaching uh, since 1997 uninterrupted. And almost always one or two years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's never been in a place for three years. I, I, I one mean, time he was somewhere for three years. I forget where, but. Oh, okay. Well,
0: wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he's, he's on the move quite a bit. His family's on the move. So, yeah. um, you know, I mean, when he's had control of offenses, you know, when he's been the offensive coordinator, they've been fine. Uh, they, they, they've been solid. Uh, most recently, it was 2017 at UCLA when they had Josh Rosen. Um, they were a fringe kind of top 25 uh, offense. Um, you know, and the same thing can be said about his, uh, two years when he was at Miami. Um, uh, they were kind of fringeish top 25 offenses as well, uh, about 11, 10, uh, 10 years ago or so. So he's, he, you know, he's had some success where, where he's been. And, um, apparently he comes with a lot of, um, a lot of big name coaches kind of like the hire. They talk highly of him. Um, but he's just not a household name. It's just not somebody that gets you excited about, Oh yeah, we're bringing in you know, a, a big name coach or somebody that you know kids have heard of. I mean, I would be shocked if if you guy goes in to recruit, I mean, how many what percentage of kids have gonna be have heard of Jed Fish? Like five percent of kids, maybe? Probably not even that. So um not saying he can't be successful. Uh that's never what we say. Uh you just never know he could be worked to work to end up
2: and work out great, but it's underwhelming. Yeah, that was perfect. I have nothing to add. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's been the only good thing going for him is he's been around a ton of coaches. Uh Belichick, Harbaugh, McVay, uh Pete Carroll, Mike Al Shanahan. Golden. It's a lot of a lot of NFL <laughs> coaches. <laughs> Golden. Yeah. Uh but the the one the one concern I do have is he's been out of the college game the last few years. So it, we'll just see. As long as he brings in a good staff, maybe he can uh, put it together in Tucson. Yeah, he's looking for Don Brown, I think, as far as his D coordinator. Oh, so that
0: would
1: be a Tentary. good hire. That yeah. would yeah. be very yeah. solid. Yeah. All right. Uh, The other domino that has fallen, UL Monroe, of course, big (laughs) domino, has hired Terry Bowden to be their head coach. He's back. What do you what do you think, Trey?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not super sexy or splashy, but it's safe. Um, Knowing what we know now about Akron and how bad they are, Bowden's stint with the Zips wasn't dreadful.
1: Um, It was good, like compared to what happened at Akron before and after, like you say, like he did well.
2: Yeah, so I mean, he can bring stability to this position and be a good CEO. And I'd imagine UL Monroe's goal here is to have him kind of groom the next head coach. That, in my opinion, that's probably what their maybe the long term plan would be.
0: Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, I think it's a fine hire. Like, it's not like you say it's not going to get you super excited, but he's he's been he's done well at a bad program before. So maybe yeah, he can do at a
0: worse well, probably. Eh. <laughs> yeah, maybe level you only maybe rose
1: into one bowl game i think in their history so that's it's not yeah. a not, not great Fair uh enough. all right the the last piece of news we have derek king announced he is taking advantage of the extra year of eligibility and staying at the u and as we record this uh it's just a few hours after he looked to suffer a knee injury during the bowl game we don't, oh, don't have any news on the severity of it yet but it didn't look great so we we hope it looked worse than it is but anyway, uh, you know, assuming he's he can play next year and be healthy, this is huge for Miami. He helped take their offense from 81st in SP Plus last year to 30th this year. Of course, with the help of the the new offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley. So, he's his stats, his college stats are very good. He's a very good quarterback, but he's low in just about every ranking of of draft eligible quarterbacks that I've seen. So, it makes sense for him to you know come back maybe one last hurrah, try and try and make an ACC championship, maybe improve as a quarterback enough to, to get a look a uh, better look in the NFL or at worst, you know, go into the NFL as a, as an athlete.
0: And this is just such a strong QE class that, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, not that he's fighting for a first round pick, but you know, might as well maybe try next year when it's not as deep.
2: Yeah. And he's, he's one of those great college quarterbacks. I, I love seeing him come back. Uh, he seemed to thrive in Lashley's offense and, you know, I'm hoping that the injury isn't that severe because if he gets a a, a legit off, he didn't have a legit off season this past year and he did no. pretty well with that yeah. offense. So if he can have some form of an off season, hopefully with the injury isn't too severe. Um, you know, how can you not like having a dynamic playmaker
1: and right right back there? So I hope he's I hope he's okay. I mean, if if he hadn't transferred there, like because they won a lot of close games this year, I just I feel like. Yeah. It, I mean, I know Perry kind of looked good in that bowl game there, so maybe he would have done well too. But you have to think they they would have lost a couple more games. And I don't know. I think he's he's been big for kind of resurrecting Manny Diaz. I know it was, it was only one year that he struggled, but it was not a great start. And kind of I think it's around. huge. I
0: really do. I think he was the main main key in that cog. Right, he just completely turned it around. I don't like you said. If they didn't have him, I mean, are they? you know, they went eight and two. I mean, do they go five and five or, you know, it's hard to say exactly, but he was a, uh, a driving factor. Uh, no doubt about it. It just seems like what else changed. I mean, Rhett Lashley, I guess, yeah, but, yeah. uh, you know, the combo, uh, seemed to work out pretty well.
1: All right. Let's, uh, let's recap some of these bowl games. Uh, since last time we recorded, uh, Ryan, get us started with the R and L carriers, new Orleans bowl. Yes. We had Louisiana
0: tech, uh, up against Georgia Southern. Uh, this one, it wasn't supposed to be a blowout, but it was. Shai Wirtz ended up playing uh, in this one, actually. Uh, we were, didn't think he was going to. No. Um, he, Yeah, he surprisingly did and led Georgia Southern to a, a dominant 38-3 victory. He had four total touchdowns. Um, so uh, just an easy, easy victory for them.
2: Yep, absolutely. All next. right, what was the next try? We got the Montgomery Bowl, which had Memphis up against FAU. Memphis won this 25 to 10. They actually went up 18-0 at halftime, and they kind of coasted in the second half. Brady White caps off his stellar career. He was the MVP in the game. He threw three touchdowns. And the Tigers, they get their first bowl win after losing their prior
1: five. Is uh, is Brady White going to come back for a 12th year, you think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doesn't Doesn't <laughs> sound like it. All right. Uh, New Mexico Bowl, Hawaii against Houston. Hawaii was an underdog, but was in control pretty much the entire game. Here, the defense dominated, and Chevy Cordero at quarterback for Hawaii played well. Houston was was short-handed; they had close to twenty guys out due to COVID. Um, they did end up cutting it to seven in the third quarter, but Hawaii immediately answered with a ninety-two-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, and that was it. No more scores after yeah. that. Twenty-eight fourteen. Yep. Yeah, that was disappointing. Disappointing for Houston this year. Uh, just got off to a
0: horrible start having like their first like four games postponed and just, yeah, yeah, you know, that's tough. Uh, all right, let's go to the Camellia bowl. We had uh Marshall up against uh Buffalo as uh, a low scoring slug fest in this one, Buffalo. Uh, it was tied 10, 10 late with about a minute left. And uh, Buffalo scored a, a touchdown from the goal line to go up seven. Uh, they could have knelt uh, and kicked a, essentially an extra point. Well, they Uh, kneeled on first down. So yeah, there was about two minutes left and then they kneeled on first down. The other team had no timeouts and kneeled on first down. So second and goal from the two or practically the two, they decided just to run a play and they ran it in the end zone with like a little more than a minute when they could have just kneeed again on second down. So they would have had third and goal from about the two yard line. And there would have been like, they could have run a play with about 20 seconds on third and goal and just legit try to run it in then, you know? Um, if you don't get it, okay, kick because they had a timeout; they could have called on offense. So, but they decided to kick it, or they decided to just get the touchdown on second down, given Marshall more than a minute left with the ball. And Marshall got down to Buffalo's twenty. Um, they threatened, uh, but Buffalo got a sack or two, and then Marshall kind of petered out there. But uh, you know, it's analytics, and it's uh, it's 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 up for debate here. But uh, felt like they should have just need or and run on third down, and if you don't get it, kick the essentially an extra point to win, which gives you a a 90 plus percent chance to win. So,
2: but they won. All right. Moving on to the serve pro first responder bowl, Louisiana versus UTSA, Louisiana. They won 31, 24, but they had to earn it despite being big favorites. Uh, And that's pretty much the story of their year. Uh, They won a bunch of close games. Uh, They were up 24, seven before Frank Harris led the comeback for the roadrunners Raging Cajuns, though, they scored with about seven minutes left to, to break the tie, and then the defense held off UTSA in the final minutes. Elijah Mitchell was a beast, 127 yards and a score on the ground. He was also the leading receiver. And so Louisiana, they finished 10-1. and They're going to be in the top 25, and more importantly for them, looks like they're going to keep Billy Napier for at least another season.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah. what he's done with that program. That's crazy, And how fortunate uh, and are they are. Yeah, for sure. To keep him. Uh all right. Next we got the lending tree bowl, Western Kentucky against Georgia State. Uh the Panthers of Georgia State got an easy win, thirty-nine twenty-one. Quad Brown, the freshman quarterback, uh had a, a very good game. And most relevant to us, Tyrell Pigram threw his first two interceptions <laughs> yeah. of the season. So he couldn't couldn't break that record of uh he couldn't smash that record of most uh attempts in Attempt, the yeah. season without a without a pick. So that means that DJ Uyungalale, if he does not throw a pick in the playoff, which pretty low chance he'll do that, uh, then he will have the most pass attempts in a season since 2000 without throwing a pick. Crazy.
0: Leave it to that. All right. That's crazy. Um, All right. Let's move on to the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Uh, It was Liberty versus Coastal. This one was uh, maybe one of the most exciting non-Power 6 games that everybody was looking forward to. And it was a great game. It lived up to the billing here. Grayson McCall, QB for coastal Malik Willis QB for, for, for Liberty. They both had great games. They were responsible for four touchdowns each. And it just wasn't surprising to see this one, just a neck and neck kind of throughout. And it ended up going to overtime. Um, Liberty ended up going first uh, and they, they couldn't really move the ball. So they had to settle for essentially a 42 yard field goal or so, and they nailed it. Um, So then and they just, all they had to do was uh, try to get a touchdown and you win. Right. Uh, But they, did the same thing. They couldn't go anywhere. Had to settle for a field
2: goal. It was black, they didn't make the field goal. But you missed the the right. Most
1: come on, what is like insane part of the the bullseye? You're not going to talk so about far. the end of regulation. Go for it. Oh come on, go ahead, Trey. Go ahead. No, so
2: so uh Liberty. Well, now I'm going to botch this. Liberty. I know.
1: Well, I, I was like, I don't even need to rethink it. Ryan's going to break it up, and now I'm like, oh, what, what exactly <laughs> happened? No, so it was. Was it it was tied, right? Yes.
2: yes, it's tied, and Liberty is just at the doorstep with like what was it, under a couple minutes, and they they end up basically getting down to the one inch line uh, because the play before the running back clearly decided he didn't want to score and he was told not yeah. to score so that they could kneel it out and then kick the field goal. Well, Hugh Freeze decided to call another run play. The problem was the running back, he kind of went forward. He knew he didn't want to score, but then Coastal tried to drag him into the end zone. You thought he scored because that's what Coastal wanted him to do. Problem was he fumbled. Coastal punched it out at the inch line and Coastal recovered. It was the most miraculous like thing for Coastal to, to force over time. And it just proves that you need to kneel, not just
1: yeah, yeah. just run it yeah. like haphazardly, just just kneel. do yeah, <laughs> well, yeah don't let the guy cut thing. you. It's like, the running back, f- for no reason, goes into a crowd of people. Like that's the last thing you want to do. Like all you need to do, like you say, is just kneel it out, and you can get to that situation where it's an extra point to win. It would have been like you know a twenty-two yard field goal, whatever, to win the game. You gotta their kicker. I think was forty for forty on extra points on the year. So you gotta whatever ninety-seven percent, whatever you want to call it, chance of winning. Whereas, and you definitely didn't want to score early right away because well that was the that was the funny thing about this play that where the the coastal guys are trying to drag them in because like it's just so funny neither team like yeah. coastal wanted wanted them to to score the other team didn't want to score it was just a very weird situation
2: so bizarre so this will be yeah. a learning experience for most most teams like you just need you don't even give it to the running back just kneel <laughs> yep yeah not situation where they is the other
0: team yeah think about if it. like the other team wants you to score <laughs> You just go down
1: right away. Both right. teams came to the same conclusion that yeah, exactly. it would be best for Coastal if Liberty scored. And so exactly. Liberty was like, I don't want to. And when, exactly. when they, oh, when, they please, fumbled, please.
2: W- when they fumbled at the goal line, though, it just felt like Coastal was a team of destiny, man. Yeah. They had the unbeaten yes. year. They were going to overtime. And unfortunately, the Shons couldn't pull it out. But still, great game. Both teams had a great year.
1: Yeah, Yeah, they did. Man, Hugh Freeze, like, how is he not going to get a power five job i know i i don't know how what what's going on over at tennessee or if yeah. they're really gonna pull the plug yeah. on on jeremy pruitt if but man if you pull the plug on pruitt and hire hugh freeze how are you not super pumped if you're a tennessee oh fan?
2: i'm i'm writing a there's a blank check for hugh
1: freeze if i'm a vol fan <laughs> totally why do why haven't we ever seen a program just do a go fund me just just put up a go fund me yeah. <laughs> i guarantee you knoxville fans they're gonna they're gonna raise the money
2: yeah, it's I true. mean they're they're painting the rock saying we've got <laughs> more paint, but it's just so great. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so moving on, we had the Cheez It Bowl. Oklahoma State and Miami. Oklahoma State won thirty seven thirty four. Miami actually made a valiant comeback here. They were started down twenty one nothing. Looked like they were going to get the the um, doors blown off of them, but and you know because Sanders and the Pokes, they looked like they'd just run away. Uh, but the big story here, we touched on it earlier. Uh Derek King went down with the with a knee injury, ended up being on crutches. But Nikosi Perry came in, did pretty well, all things considered, fought back, cut it to three. They had the ball late with the chance to go down and tie or, or win the game, but uh but couldn't get done. Spencer Sanders, 405 yards through the air, led them in rushing. Really good, good cap to the year for him.
0: Nikose was he was awesome, I thought. He was just dropping dimes. The receivers just couldn't hold on to the darn ball. He had like yeah, friggin four easy drops and he was, he was doing really well.
1: All right. Uh, then we got the Valero Alamo bowl, Texas against Colorado. And that's literally just ended as we're recording here. So uh score was 55, 23, Texas wins. Just a, a very easy win. Sam Ellinger uh, only played the first half. Trey, you were saying it, it, maybe a shoulder injury kept him out of the second half. That's what they, that's uh, what they're, they're saying. Uh, what they're saying, okay, and uh but apparently Ellinger was holding them back this uh, four years. <laughs> He's been holding them back because Casey Thompson, the sophomore, came in eight of ten, 170 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. So he was great. B. John Robinson, the freshman running back, ten carries, 183 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so yeah, just a easy win for Texas and Colorado. I mean, we kind of knew they weren't as good as their record, but it's been a nice four years, Ellinger. See you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Think he's gone? Do you think no, he's gone? No, I, I don't know. I have no idea.
0: But after Casey Thompson's performance, I know it's, you know, one They're game. They're going to push him out half. the door.
1: Yeah, it's like,
0: leave. It's been wow. real.
1: No. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's pick the upcoming non-New Year Six games. Like I said, we already did a, a playoff uh, and New Year Six episode, so check that out. But uh, New Year's Eve, we got the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Tulsa minus two and a half against Mississippi State. Yes. Uh here we go. Um Marcus Murphy, uh
0: the safety for Mississippi State's about the only guy that might not shouldn't be playing in this one, but he's missed quite a bit uh already this year, so it's not like this is they're not used to playing without him. So otherwise it seems like we're ready to go here. Um
1: I like Tulsa uh, though. On Mississippi State side. Tulsa is going to be built without Zaven Collins, the all-American linebacker, so they yeah. lost to them. Yes, on Mississippi State side. I should have clarified. Yes. Um Yes, but uh,
0: I, I, you know, I, I, I like Tulsa though. Um, I, I know they're missing, they're a great linebacker, but they still have a, a really stout defense. They're top 10, uh, in, in the country on yards per play against, um, and they're also top 25 in as far as opponent passer rating. So they've, they've got a stout defense. They've shown it up against some, some solid teams this year. They stifled UCF, uh, in Orlando earlier in the year, uh, had a real good game against Cincy, uh, in the, in the, AAC title game, just couldn't quite come out with the win there. But, you know, I, I think Will Rogers might be a little surprised here, the QB for Mississippi State, about uh, the, the
2: the quality of this Tulsa defense. So I'll take Tulsa minus the points. I'm with Tulsa, too. Their defense is solid, even without uh, Collins. I don't think Rogers and Mississippi State and Leach will be all that fired up to be here. And Montgomery, he had
1: a really nice bounce back year to kind of get off the hot seat. So I'm going yeah, with Tulsa. All right, I'm going Tulsa. Also, uh, Mike Leach's offense this year, 83rd and SP plus. So, yeah, don't feel great it. about them going up against a good defense. And uh, I'm hoping Zach Smith, the quarterback for Tulsa, bounces back. He suffered an injury like a month ago in the the Tulane game, and seems like hasn't been quite the same since. But uh, you know, hopefully, the farther removed we are from that, the better he'll be. Uh, all right, offer pad Arizona Bowl Ball State against San Jose State spartans are favored nine and a half it's a lot but you got you got the matchup of conference champions here mac
2: versus uh mountain west san jose state has covered or at least pushed in every game this year so i can't go against them now they won every game by at least double digits (laughs) which is very impressive um starkle and plitt the two quarterbacks here they Eerily similar numbers, but Starkle has been a little bit more visually impressive, in my opinion, especially considering San Jose State's faced a, a little bit tougher schedule. Uh, Ball State deserved to be the MAC champs, but they were fortunate in a couple of their games. I think San Jose State's going to cover and, and finish with an unbeaten
1: season. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Ball State, like you said, won a lot of close games in an inferior conference to the Mountain West. And they also were pretty lucky in terms of turnover margin. so... I think they're fortunate to be six and one. I think they are. Um, And San Jose state. Yeah. They're just, they're just dominating. Like it's, it's it's crazy how, how good they are this year. And I think their strength on defense, the pass rush, they're very good getting after the passer that lends itself well because ball state that's, that's what they do is, is they're, they're not very good on defense, but they, they have a a pretty good offense. And drew Plitt at quarterback is the key to that. So if you can rattle him, it gives yourself a chance, especially with um, I think Caleb Huntley, their running back uh, is opted out before the, the Mac championship.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of see these teams as, uh, I mean, when you just look at the conferences, I just see the mountain West as just a much better conference. I think conference USA and the Mac have been kind of maybe even a little bit worse than normal, uh, this, this past year. So I like San Jose state too. I think they're passing games too good for, for ball state. And I don't think they'll be able to
1: keep up the Spartans. All right, we got the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, West Virginia minus 7, not against Tennessee. Uh Tennessee had to cancel due to COVID, so Army is taking their place. Of course, everyone wanted Army to to get into a bowl after going what 8 and 2, 9 and 2, something nine like that, and two, I three. think. Yeah, 9, and, nine two. and 2. Uh I'm going to go with Army here. Jeff Munkin is 3 and 0 in bowl games at Army, so it seems like other teams having more time to prepare have hasn't exactly uh been an issue for them. And West Virginia does have a really good defense, but the last three games, they, they kind of fell off a little bit, weren't great against the run especially, and they lose their leading tackler, Tony Fields, to opt out. So I'll yeah. take uh, seven points in what is probably going to be a low-scoring game. I, I totally agree with you.
0: I think uh, with Tahir Tyler uh, kind of running that option attack at QB for 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 army. He's done a good job. Um and, and it, he just runs it as what you would expect. They don't they hardly ever throw, but they're just solid with it. And they're fourth in the nation actually in on defense as far as uh defensive passing yards per game. So they kind of shorten up the game a little bit. They they limit you as far as big plays. I think it's going to be kind of tough going there for for Jarrett Dagey and company on offense. Um and the army's pretty good against the run too. Just 121 yards per game, so you know, West Virginia running back Letty Brown uh, or he's going to have to work, f- work for his yard. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking Army as well.
2: I've been on the Mountaineer wa- wagon this season, but I got to take the points with Army. Uh, they won the commander in chief. They battled with Cincinnati earlier in the year. And since Army was a late add to this game, not a lot of time to prepare for this option, Tack. I'm going to sure. take Army to get the cover and make them my lock.
1: Nice. All righty. Uh by the way, I forgot uh to mention that I'm going to make San Jose State my lock. I, I didn't bring that up. San Jose State is my lock. <laughs> All right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's been a weird season. I'm I'm off yeah. my game. We're doing multiple episodes tonight. Oh, uh, we are. We got a lot of content coming out, so check oof. out our YouTube. Mm. Uh anyway, the, the Mercari Texas Bowl has been been canceled uh due to COVID issues at TCU, so no bowl game for for arkansas and tcu uh so we'll go to new year's day now we've got the verbo citrus bowl auburn against northwestern northwestern's favored three trey this is a tough one given that auburn of course just fired
2: mazahn you got a lame duck staff going here they obviously didn't have the season that they wanted and then on the other side you got northwestern their d is stout and should be able to contain nicks but I just have a hard time giving points with this Northwestern offense. They had a couple of running backs this week, enter the transfer portal. They a awesome.
0: lot of transfer portal entries. Also, the
2: we had a, a starting DN, Eco Leota. Um, so they might be a little disappointed with that and then having lost the Big Ten Championship. I think Auburn's going to be creative with the, with the playbook, lean on the SEC Freshman of the Year, Tank Bigsby at running back. They have nothing to lose, so I'm going to take the points with Auburn.
1: I think this game could be could be pretty ugly. I don't trust Bo Nix going up against a great defense, but I also don't trust Northwestern going up against really any defense. So uh, <laughs> in an ugly game, you know, I, I always take the points. So I'll, I'll go with Auburn plus three. Yeah, I, I agree
0: with you guys. I, I, I see Trey's point of view. I just feel like Auburn could maybe just open things up a little bit since it's like, who cares? I mean, you know, there's, this is just kind of a free game for them. And uh, Northwestern's offense is brutal, and they, like Trey also mentioned, I don't know what's going on. They've had a lot, like an abnormal amount of opt-outs for them from guys that played. So I don't know what's going on there in, in, in at Northwestern. I don't know if uh, maybe uh, you know Pat Fitzgerald's looking somewhere else, and maybe should the pro pro game <laughs> or, or what? Right? You're just throwing out
1: wild, <laughs> wild, <rumors>. wild <laughs> conspiracy theory here. Yeah. Um. All right, January second, we got the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl it's eight and three NC state, a two and a half point dog to four and six Kentucky. Uh, but that actually makes sense. NC state was four and one in one score games and they avoided Clemson and Notre Dame. So they had a, a pretty easy schedule. They didn't have to play the likes of Alabama. And what's that? They beat Liberty. They did beat Liberty. That was, that was a solid win for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go with them actually despite the the poor schedule um bailey hawkman's been playing better at quarterback to end the season and kentucky's offense led by terry wilson is just very limited especially towards the end of the season they were held to 10 points or fewer in four of their last six games of course fired their offensive coordinator uh so yeah i, I like the wolf pack uh yeah i like the wolf pack as well here they just
0: uh i i, I don't know if i've ever picked I haven't picked a Kentucky at all much lately uh, with Terry Wilson. It's just hard to when you don't when you don't trust your QB in the offense to score much. It's hard to go against him. At NC State, we you know, we were kind of going going into this year thinking uh, that they were going to be one of the most kind of underrated teams and have a solid year and it ended up working out for them. Thankfully, they won a lot of close games, but I'm with you. I'm taking NC State.
2: This line's fishy. It's just weird. I I'm gonna take Kentucky. Uh, stoops, he said that they're they're at hundred percent, having fun in the bull practices. Obviously the offense leaves a lot to be desired, but defense is strong, should be able to clean, contain Hawkman. Hawkman, he is he has been pretty solid, but he's been prone to throwing picks. He threw eight since becoming the starter halfway through the year. So I'm gonna
1: take Kentucky. All right. Uh, outback bowl is the last game we're going through here. Ole Miss versus Indiana. Hoosiers are favored eight. Ryan, yeah, this is tough uh, just because uh, Ole Miss has got a lot of key opt outs here. We got their
0: wide receiver Elijah Moore, all conference guy, just a stud. Um, he led the nation in receiving yards per game, more than Devonte Smith. Yeah, yeah, and receptions, I believe it was too. Yeah, um, he was he was awesome. Uh, not just him though, Kenny Yaboa, they're, they're awesome tight end. I think he was like fourth in the nation in receiving yards for tight ends. Um, so then he's without him, and then Jerry on Ely. Uh, their their star running back, he he, he was their leading rusher and all conference performer. He kind of had an injury, uh, and I don't think he's been practicing. So I'm not sure he's probably even going to be playing on this one. So, and then their second
1: the, their second leading receiver, Braylon Sanders, after Elijah Moore, he's questionable with an injury in this game. Right. So yeah, there you go. So I, I don't know what they have left.
0: Um and and uh, you know uh, some of the um sometimes they I think it was the game that. Both of those guys were out. I think it when it was uh, Moore and Yaboa. They it was the game that uh, Cor- Corral threw like five picks. So yeah, they did put yeah. up forty eight points. So I know yeah. real, true. I don't know how you do that, but yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I'm going to take the Hoosiers here. Uh, I just I think Corral's going to end up having to throw some picks. He's going to have to force some balls in there. Indiana is a has a good defense. They're, they'll capitalize on mistakes. So um, I'm going to take them, and I'm going to make Indiana my lock
2: yeah i mean the the one slight on the hoosiers is they might be a little disappointed not being selected to a new year's six bowl but tom allen just always seems to have these guys guys up ready to go and last year in their bowl game they had a heartbreaking loss to tennessee they want to they want to finish this year on a higher note um and then like you said ryan like corral is coming off a five interception game he had another game earlier this year where he turned it over a ton so he's prone to plenty of turnovers and that's not a good recipe against a really good hoosier defense um I think the and on the offensive side for the Hoosiers, they don't strike a bunch of fear, but they're 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 solid. And especially against this Ole Miss defense, I think they
1: should should have their way. I'm also going with Ole Miss.
2: I'm I'm sorry. I'm also going with Indiana.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would be weird if you went with Ole Miss after all that. Yeah, Uh, COVID has also been an issue. So it's not just these opt outs um, with with Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin was quoted as saying, we're we're kind of running out of players here. Which is not ideal when you're a tempo offense, but it is what it is. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I we don't know who's going to be out even too. It could be some key guys and it could uh, be Corral for all we know. Like yeah, I know it could be. We, uh, we you don't know.
1: know. Uh, no, we, we have no idea. It seems a little interesting that they're uh, or for all I, I know. know, at least maybe somebody knows. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe yeah. someone that's more I'm well sure. informed knows that Corral's been practicing or something.
0: But I just you know just hope that they're able to go and enough guys are healthy and we're safe and are, are able to go able to play
1: uh but you know what i am i'm gonna go with ole miss i'm gonna take the points i just love lane kiffin i think no matter who's playing they're gonna put up points like we said even with with uh, corral throwing five picks and missing the top two receivers against lsu they put up 48 points so i'll I'll trust lane kiffin to hang in there here fair enough all righty well that's it thanks for listening to the college football bros podcast if you haven't already, be sure to check out our, our playoff and New Year 6 preview episode that's in our feed. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We're trying to to grow our audience there. We just got up over 400 subscribers. So we've got a long quest to 1,000, but that's our goal. So uh, follow us there. Uh, like our videos, thumbs up, comment. All that stuff helps uh, YouTube show our videos to more people. So thank you for that. And have a happy new year. Happy New Bye. Year, guys. See you later see you next year (laughs) oh god good one bye you've
0: been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at collegefootballbros follow them on instagram at collegefootballbros and for their commentary on saturdays follow them on twitter at cfbbros